Hey, I'm Nick. And I'm Paul. And we're the Serial Thrillers. We're just two friends who happen to have the same last name who decided to start this podcast where we get to know the people we know better over Serial. This is our very first episode and we hope you enjoy. I guess what I'm saying is there's like this privilege and this expectation that when people come to New York, it will cater to them and kind of cater to their every whim. Absolutely. And it, it just will. Like there is a there is a culture here the same way there's a culture in like any other, you know, country or like if there's probably culture in Phoenix, Arizona, like there's a way that people are. And I think people consider that rudeness and it's it's frankly not it's more rude to just stand on a sidewalk like getting bumped into by people and assume it's everyone else's fault when in fact you're the one who's the impediment to the culture what's up everybody this is your boy paul so you guys thought i was gonna say as always i'm paul which i guess i just did um, but now it's your boy, Paul. <laughs> I think there's a very limited number of our listeners who will understand that reference, to be honest. Well, Nick, it's a good time to introduce yourself, maybe. <laughs> uh, so that was Paul. This is Nick. We are both Coens, but we are not related. Uh, we are not brothers. We are not married. Nope. Um, we are not sisters. We are it's not, 2018, Nick. We Okay, that's true. We are not... Uh, Nephews uncles or nephews. <laughs> uh, if we were married, though, we could be Cohen hyphen Cohen. I which I would do because, yeah. in fact, I'm gonna start actively only, <laughs> only searching for dates with girls with the last name Cohen to try to convince them to do that. So that you would then be Paul Cohen Cohen. Yes, because it'd be funny. Okay, well. Let's go ahead and get started, Paul. Absolutely. Well, this is so. Well, let's you know what? Let's address the elephant in the room, Nick. Yep. This is our first podcast. This we're, we're doing. This, this is, is the, number one. This is the first episode of our podcast. Uh-huh. To be clear, you are a podcast veteran. You have produced a show with over one hundred episodes. Would you oh, say? Oh, it, well, no, I wouldn't say it actually is over hundred <laughs> episodes. Which what does that mean when you're um ah when you do a hundred TV episodes? There's like a term for it. You did just, a good I'm just, job. I'm just going to move on. Okay. Uh, but there's actually a term for that. But I don't know what it is. So So anyway, uh, yeah, like Paul said, this is the very first episode of The Serial Thrillers. Yeah, it accurately describes me and you. Right. Paul and I are very thrilling people for everyone who knows us. We like to have very... Uh, Thrilling conversations, and what is more thrilling than breakfast cereal, everyone's favorite uh, food. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of podcasts that just, you know, talk sometimes and talk to people. And, you know, my previous uh, podcast, which you were a guest on, right, was all character-based, and it was silly, and it was improv, which was really fun, but I've actually never had the opportunity to actually sit down and talk to people uh, unless they were playing some crazy-ass character, and this is kind of cool. Like, um, yeah, this is going to be very serious. Very um, serious, we, but like C E R I O U S, because I'm a very serious guy. But like, um, I, I think you don't listen to this, but you ever listen to High and Mighty with John Gabrus? I have not. So I, I like that because it's funny. You just I'd find him to be a funny guy, and he just like talks talks his guests, and I, I always get a lot out of it. Cool. Yeah. I well, taking a lot. 
that's kind of what we're going for. We're going to find people. We are going to have the freshest guests with breakfast. Oh. Which is our <laughs> tagline. Um, the freshest guests with breakfast, which is kind of a, it kind of rhymes. So I kind, think, kind of. It rhymes like if you say it the right way. What's the right way to say it? Like freshest guests with breakfast. I don't know. I think it's like a slant rhyme, right? Yeah. Is that the slant term? rhyme? Yeah. That's <laughs> not a racist thing, right? I hope not. Okay, cool. Um, cool. Well, we are very excited to welcome um, our very first guest for this uh, for this series. Like we said, we're going to have a guest each episode to join us to pick their favorite breakfast cereal. Although we will not be allowing repeats for now, so we might we we might get some kind of out there, uh, yeah, out there items. But uh, we are very excited to welcome Gabby Brown. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, Gabby. Uh, Paul and I both know you. We've done um, some stuff with you in the past. And Gabby was very influential in Serial. I, I was. Yeah. I, I still am, arguably, being the first guest. You're always. What? Always the first guest. Always the first but, guest. But always influential. Well, I always will be the first guest <laughs> unless, because this is we... the only first podcast. Well, we could not release this one and then record another one and release that one first. Well, that's really upsetting. That's like, um, that's like you know when they, they, they'll do a movie and they'll cast like a B-list actor and put them in a couple of scenes and then they'll cut out all of those scenes from the entire movie? That's like when they did the pilot to Full House and they had a completely different actor for Danny Tanner. Shut up. Really? Yeah, and I think you could find it on YouTube. And it's like everyone else, like the girls are still the same, but it's a different actor for Danny. What was, was the guy similar? I or? don't even remember who it was. I feel like it might have been another celebrity. Oh. oh this is going to bug me. Oh, okay, good thing we had this thing called cell phones, was guys. Was it like George Lopez? Like, it was <laughs> not George Lopez. I wish it was G-Lo, man. I think... That would have been a very different show. I just now want to imagine like every actor it could have been. Like a super young, like I'm imagining like a Dane Cook archetype. <laughs> yeah, it actually was Dane Cook. <laughs> it's Dane Cook. It's it Danny uh, It's a young Louis C.K. Oh my god. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> oh, it was, it was a guy named John Posey. Do we? Okay. Paul's going to look up things about John Posey. In the meantime, Gabby, why don't you go ahead and tell us what cereal you... you uh, oh my God, he was. Sorry. I'm holding up a picture of John Posey from the original Full House intro. Oh my God. We'll put that in the show notes if we figure out what show notes are. <laughs> no, we won't. <laughs> Let's just be honest with ourselves. Okay, He's Gabby. way less hot. Um, yeah, so I brought Cinnamon Toast Crunch, which is the only good cereal. I think that you guys might not have another episode if you don't allow repeats, because I can't imagine anyone not bringing this cereal on. Um, I always just found it to be kind of the holy grail of cereals. I mean, obviously it's super crunchy, it's the sugariest cereal. It's kind of got like the most depth, even though it's clearly just a decadent dessert. And it was always the thing I would pick at the bodega by my house. I'm, like, I'm curious to the nutritional facts in this bad boy. Yeah, I noticed you said that Cinnamon Toast Crunch is the sugariest cereal. Do you have a source to back that up? Um, yeah, fox.com forward slash cereal Very facts. reliable news source. Very so. reliable. Okay, Paul is on the fact check because uh, I'm only seeing nine grams per serving, which actually doesn't seem that high. Yeah, I mean, I think, oh, which are the ten worst? Ugh. All I see on this box is uh, a little cartoon of a 
character named Slurp, who is a cinnamon toast crunch. Yeah, Gabby, why don't you go ahead and describe what's on the rest of the box? Describe um, to us the cover art, the back art, if there's anything else interesting. And then I'm going to have you, at the end of the episode, or whenever we want, guess like the worst cereals. What do you mean by the worst cereals? Like the sugariest sugary. cereals? Uh, the, things that, the, the things that parents should not be silver serving their children. Are you like, be... no and, and Cinnamon Toast Crunch is not on the top ten list. What? So So I've been healthy all this time. <laughs> I, I'm, let's take healthy with... <laughs> <laughs> with a grain of sugar. Um, Paul, I, do you think we need to be careful, though, in this series as defining worst as meaning the least healthy? Because otherwise we're going to say this is the best cereal and it's going to be an apple. <laughs> well, I'm, I, well, I meant worse because she brought up it was the sugariest cereal. So I was just commenting on that one thing. Okay. I be, think the best and worst could change depending on topic. To be clear, this is not a health podcast. Please do not listen to Paul and I for nutritional advice. This is purely a, um, a, um, a factual fun cereal lesson. I, however, should be listened to for health and nutritional advice. Um, you can't see me, but I am 100 pounds, um, all muscle. Like, surprisingly all muscle. Surpri it's a shock. I feel like on the show notes, there's going to be an actual picture of me, and then people are going to have to reckon like, with even this. Even her cheeks are just muscle. <laughs> everything. Everything is made of muscle. So, so far, the show notes are the picture of the guy from Full House and a picture of Gabby, and we're not going to say which one's which. <laughs> and and probably if we could find a, a a very toned cinnamon toast crunch like character, I really can't get over these characters on the box. So there's one guy called Slurp, and he is he's a cinnamon toast crunch square, but then he has this really long tongue that he's Slurp man, kind of like oh my god, that is terrifying. It stretches a really long way, and then the place where it ends is on top of another <laughs> Cinnamon Toast Crunch Square. A little Me too if you ask me. I have to say, though, uh, for those of you at home, pause the podcast right now. Go out. Look at a box of Cinnamon Toast Crunch, because I want to comment on the other character. His name is Cinnamonster, but i got to be honest with you. He looks exactly like Slurp without a tongue. <laughs> There's only two types. That's how they. Um, that's how they define gender in the cinnamon toast crunch world. Is that half of them have tongues and half of them do not? Not fair. Okay, actually, then I'll take it. Yep. There's also a lot of. Um... There, there's only like one or two defining characteristics for each, and Cinnamonster kind of gets a nuanced description, which is that he is attracted to the color blue and talks fast, which sounds deme demeaning until you see Slurp's description, which is he likes other Cinnamon Toast Crunch squares. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. So he's Mr. a personality. social being. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I like blue. Yeah. Um, Does well, that make me a Cinnamonster? I think it could. Okay. Um, but how did, why did you choose Cinnamon Toast? I know you said it's the holy grail that you like it, but what's the connection? But before we get into it too much, let's go ahead. Let's pour some milk. Okay. We have some bowls of Cinnamon Toast Crunch in front of us. I think it's good that we, we take some time and, and enjoy it while we listen to Gabby talk about it. All right, cool. Well, I'll can you continue talking while you pass it around, because I'm just, I think I might want to have two types of milk. Is that weird? Um, You're going to combine them? Yeah. This is a very liberal podcast. <laughs> Am I allowing to be clear to the audience, this is soy milk and fat-free milk, and Paul wants to combine them into one what's, bowl. What's the problem? I want to taste both. I have one bowl. The, this... Soy milk, I don't even know if I like soy, but it sounds 
It's appealing to me. It's plant-based protein, which is very healthy for you. Paul also just tried to pour the soy milk while the cap is still on it. What? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, if anyone knows me who's listening, they're like, I would expect him to do that. <laughs> I think fat-free milk is the best, like, kind of cereal option in general. Best, like, healthiest or best, like, worst? <laughs> I think I... Yeah, now we have to define best. <laughs> I think the most conducive to a good cereal experience. Because it's really the closest thing you can get to water without it being unacceptable that you're eating cereal with water. Which, there is an Olympian athlete who eats her cereal with water. Right, the health water is the healthiest. Yeah. I didn't say best or worst. So not best, but healthiest. Let me just get a bite Damn, in. Damn, Cinnamon Toast Crunch is good. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like, I forgot how much I love the cereal until I just took this bite. Holy fuck. It's made with real cinnamon. Oh, we're going to have to be I fat. think this was probably oh. the unhealthiest cereal that my parents would probably allow me to have. Really? I'm guessing, yeah. Really? I definitely got the cookie crunch a couple of times. I wasn't a big fan. Um, yeah, I, my parents would give this to me sometimes, but only upon, like, a super special request. And then there were a couple of, like, like YMCA summer camps where <laughs> they'd hand it out, I think. Is it like you got an A on your spelling bee? So you got to eat Cinnamon Toast Crunch? No, it was more of, it wasn't so much a treat as something that you didn't like know you wanted and then it would happen upon you and it would just be the best part of the day. Oh, that's kind of how I feel right now eating this again. Yeah, like none of us expected how incredible this experience would be. (laughs) I'm eating this and I'm like, oh, I can get addicted to cereal quick. Oh my God. We all just paused. I, I kind of understand Slurp now because he's. He, I feel like Slurp has an addiction to Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Although that would be eating himself, actually. Don't pathologize him. You're not his therapist. Oh, I think Slurp might be a cannibal Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Is a singular piece of the cereal called a Cinnamon Toast Crunch? I guess so. Or the Cinnamon. You know how like you're the cereal thrillers. Yes, I do know. Yeah, but we're also, we're like one, there are multiple serial thrillers. Totally. <laughs> there might be. <laughs> There's a vast interweb out there. You never know what, what people are hiding. For sure. Yeah, I, I don't think, I really didn't get any cool cereals growing up. Really? Yeah. It was like Special K or Raisin Bran or my parents Rice would get, Krispies. My parents would get like those sets of like eight small boxes, you know, that you'd, they'd wrap in plastic. That's how I think like, I had this, because I think this yeah. was with like Fruit Loops. And w- there'd be like, um, like the cocoa ones. That's very vague. No, what um, am I thinking Cocoa of? Krispies or... Cocoa Krispies. Um, the ones from the Flintstones. Cereal you know what I'm talking about. It was uh, fruity, fruity pebbles. pebbles. Fruity Cocoa, pebbles. Cocoa pebbles. pebbles. Cocoa pebbles. Yes. Cocoa yeah. pebbles are just chocolate. I feel like my brother liked those. He got those. My parents were like, Paul, get in shape. Here's some raisin <laughs> bran. Here's some special K. Deal with it. I feel like I did. Oh, and we're taking away the soy milk, and here's some fat-free milk. <laughs> you know what, Paul? Here's some water. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I definitely did eat a lot of raisin bran for a small child, though. Like, I feel like that's not a... a a cereal that is commonly associated with children, but it's I not, feel it's like not it. great. I bet you that when we look up the, um, like, <laughs> hold for sound, of <laughs> uh, the sugar content in these cereals, that raisin bran is probably going to be higher than cinnamon toast crunch. Raisin bran was kind of sugary. I remember. I think the flakes weren't, but the raisins definitely were. Yeah, 
They were they were unlike any other raisin. They were a whole different <laughs> genre of raisins. Well, they they were, were in California raisins. No, no way. Well, they like, were in craisins. I feel like when you dry any fruit, somehow it becomes more sugary. And I have no idea if that's actual science. It's not actual, or... but I'm pretty sure that they poured sugar on the raisin. You know what? This this podcast is actually more fun not looking it up, I realized. <laughs> Yeah, because like, just making like vague nutritional guesses. Yeah, like remember, food. remember like back before we had cell phones and we had conversations, and now yeah. it's like you guys were just talking and I was just googling who is the original Danny Tanner <laughs> and sugarous cereals. Remember, like we Born. all before Google, we all had to just guess the facts that came yeah. up in our conversations. Like Snapple facts, only half were true. Oh, yeah, but that was always the biggest conundrum. That was another childhood nostalgic thing, the, yeah. the Snapples, because, like, I'd always get them with pizza. Um, but then the Snapple facts, I remember the last Snapple fact was not all Snapple facts are true. Yeah, and it messed with my head. But then was it like, is that one the one that's not true and the rest of them are true? <laughs> what do you mean by the last Snapple fact? Like, they stopped doing it? That's just what kids told me. Yeah. And I think... <laughs> I think they did it to make it sound more dramatic, like, the last Snapple fact you'll ever know of That's contains the secret, which is that they are false. You know what I don't miss about being a kid? Other kids being mean. <laughs> I don't miss, like, beyond that, being a kid. Like, remember kids used to make up health rumors that when you th think about them now, like, didn't make any sense? Like... All peanut butter causes cancer. They'd like tell you that on the playground, and then you just believe it I for a week. I don't know what playground you were on. Yeah, but there was no peanut butter cancer rumors flying around. I guess in Manhattan, people just make shit up because they can. And they'll be like, "Well, my mom's a doctor, and she said so." I feel like this yeah. is just Facebook these days, though. Like, I feel like these exact same like <laughs> claims, or just someone just makes like an image and slaps some text on it, and then puts like hashtag and their username at the end, and it's the same thing. I feel like I'm, I believe stuff too easily, so I'm like the reason why that stuff exists. Because like, I would probably hear it and like know it's not true, but I'll be like, just to be safe, we're gonna cool it on the peanut butter, Paul. Yeah, I was I was like that too, except, I don't know, I was more on the side of if a rumor came to me, I would desperately try and confirm it. Like, even not with facts, even like when someone, once someone told me that a kid I was friends with, like, picked his butt, um, and I would watch him for a week and, like, try and verify if that was true. And, like, you'd, what, and like you'd meet, like, in gym class and be like, guys, like, I haven't seen John pick his butt yet. <laughs> like, could we get surveillance on it? And suddenly you just have every kid in the class just staring at this one kid. I was times. my surveillance. Like, I didn't tell anyone. These facts came to me, and I just held them in my head. Nowadays, I'm the opposite. Nowadays, if someone tells me tea, I tell everyone. I've <laughs> grown out of it immensely. Uh, I think rumors make the world more exciting, <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> it just adds a I think that's true, because if you just knew everything you heard was true... Yeah. I think you'd just be like, what's the point? Yeah, like there's two things, like rumors and predictions, right? Like yeah. without those two things, we'd just be walking around stating facts and it'd be <laughs> so boring. Like, hey, do you like cinnamon toast? Yeah, cinnamon toast does have 10 grams of sugar. <laughs> like it wouldn't, you wouldn't comment on it. it would yeah. Just... It's not like, hey, do you like cinnamon toast crunch? Oh, cinnamon toast crunch is the last cereal that Hitler ate. <laughs> it is? 
Yeah, uh, of who knows? Oh, see, I just fell for it. I bought it. I was like, oh. Wow, that was easy. I was like, I didn't know it made it on its way to Germany. So to be clear, there's three Jews on this podcast right now. And we brought in the only cereal <laughs> that Hitler definitely hates. It's been verified by single mobs on Facebook. <laughs> Well, you know what? I think this is kind of like a victory lap because Jews are getting some bad press again. So, Oh, well, no, not bad press. What? People are shooting us. <laughs> Paul is actually a bit of correspondent for Fox News. <laughs> well, you know, we had, you know, the, the Pittsburgh shooting. Like, there's, you see, like, the other, I think it was in Pittsburgh also, someone threw, like, a steel rod through a temple. Jesus and uh, I think in Brooklyn, they were caught, some guys were caught putting yeah. swats stickers, swat stickers on a Another temple, synagogue, whatever you want to call it. What do you guys call it? I call it shul. <laughs> Paul, what are you getting at with this? It depends where in the physical temple I'm referring to. <laughs> if I'm talking about like my childhood in Hebrew school, mm-hmm. when I used to like, there were two kids in my Hebrew school class who used to like, like wrestle with each other under the the benches they'd be called pews in a church but i don't think they are called pews um and like they were like in third grade they'd be like pretending to have sex in that circumstance i'd call it shul but (laughs) now what you're pretending i call it (laughs) i call it temple Paul, I would love to know the point you were getting at. You're like, I would love to. I don't know, but I'm, get, I'm getting these things. dirty looks that basically from Nick that say Sheket Bavaka Shop, <laughs> which for those of you out there means shut, basically shut the fuck up, Paul. There's more so just curiosity of what you were getting at. <laughs> oh, no, I was saying, like, well, because you started talking about three Jews. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I think it was because I was saying Jews, I said Jews got a lot of bad press, but I more meant that bad things are happening to us and it's in the news. I right. think what you're saying is that this podcast is actually an act of activism. Yeah. You know, ser- secretly, uh, the serial thrillers, we are actually Jewish crime fighters by night. Uh, we <laughs> haven't quite figured out what the relation is with the serial, um, but, you know, we're hoping to have a few different angles to this thing. <laughs> yeah, you're really going to milk that one. Okay, just so everyone's prepared, there are going to be a lot of puns on this podcast, uh, especially given the wide range of serial puns available. So if you don't like puns, this is kind of your your last warning. Yeah, guys, don't listen. That's what you're saying. <laughs> I'm just saying if there's a certain subset of people who aren't going to enjoy the podcast, they should stop listening now. I don't want anyone to listen to something they're not going to enjoy. Dude, I love Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Great pick, Gabby. I can't stop eating it. You, I'm. You know, here's what I'll say about Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I think that when it's crunchy, it's good. Mm. But I think that the soggier it gets, and the more it loses that last part of its name, you know, then you're just like cinnamon toast soggy. I prefer it when it's soggy, actually. Because you get to slurp it. It's like soup. Yeah, it's cin- oh, slurp it. <laughs> it it's it's kind of like, uh, yeah, it's just a nice cinnamon mess. Yeah. It's good. Okay. Well, apparently I'm in the minority here. Um, I'm going to give Cinnamon Toast Crunch a 7.5 out of 10. Um, it's the first one. I'm going to go up to, I'm going to go all the way up to an 8.5. This is pretty good. I mean, you guys know my answer. It's, it's the only cereal. <laughs> it's a 10. By the way, soy milk and fat-free milk combined. Good? You like it? I went with just soy. Gabby went with just fat. 
Just fat free. Fat free. <laughs> Gabby just has. There was decidedly zero fat in there. <laughs> just a block of dairy fat <laughs> on top of her cereal. They're like trying not to throw up right now. It's just like churned butter on top of my cereal. It's basically cottage cheese. I also realized I took way more cereal than you guys. Yeah, I might I might even take more. Oh, you can have a second bowl. I don't know what we're gonna do with this after, so. Yeah, I was just gonna throw it out. Now can we comment on the fact that the thing says real cinnamon? Because is there a fake cinnamon? I, th I feel like cinnamon's one of those spices that people try and make fake knockoffs of. You know, Why? like I think like jasmine or saffron, like one of those people sell fake ones. But, you know, cinnamon's one of those interesting ones because it like comes in a stick. <laughs> you know? We're, I want to know where you were going with that. Well, just you not challenged a, me earlier. Not a lot of food comes in stick form. You know, it's like you just break it off a tree and suddenly you have cinnamon and then some people... You know, oh yeah, it's weird. You break something off a tree that you could eat, Nick. <laughs> I think he's harping again on the activist point um, because he's advocating for sticks as you know real spices. I just think that maybe we should leave the sticks where they were. That's fair. Um, what else did we want to did we want to discuss in regard to cinnamon toast crunch? What, what does it like remind you of, like of your specifically of your childhood? Um. I, there's definitely like a summer camp element to it, like summer in general. Um, so you I, grew up in Manhattan? Yes. Where in Manhattan? Uh, around the East Village area. Uh, that's pretty awesome. And you went to camp also? Yes, but I, I would go to like camps typically in the city, like kind of date programs, day like camps. at the YMCA. Because we were like, we were obviously, you know, doing well enough to live in Manhattan, but we weren't, like, as rich as the other kids around. So, like, when I did end up eventually going to sleepaway camp, it oh, was, like, a big deal. Camp? Oh. I eventually ended up going to sleepaway camp after, like, they, like, corralled everything to be like, all right, we're going to finally, like, take her out of the YMCA and put her in, like, a great sleepaway camp. A nice Jewish camp. A nice Jewish camp. <laughs> Wait, not for us. <laughs> it's like a 10-year plan where you find a husband <laughs> I went to the uh, JCC Jewish Community Center day camp. I never got to go to sleepaway camp, but yeah. day camp was pretty. Did, well, camps are like pretty universal for all like children, I would say. But for some reason, Jews love their summer camps, man. Oh yeah. Did you go to summer camp? No, I grew up in Phoenix, and we I did we did like day camps, but it was never like a like a Jewish day camp. It was always like a science day camp or something. Uh, like I wanted to go to sleepaway camp, but it was just like no one did it. Mm -hmm. My dad did it though, and he grew up in New York, and he's mm -hmm. Jewish, and he has lots of good stories about sleepaway yeah. camp. Yeah, I mean, I loved camp. I, I just thought it was fun, and you know, I, I to be honest with you, I, you know, I actually met Ben at camp. Like Ben is one of my, uh, you know, one of my best friends. I was the best man at his wedding. Did Jews interviews together. We met at the JCC summer camp when That's we were great. like 13 or 14. Wow. Yeah. You grew up on Staten Island, right? Yep. Staten Island was, Staten Island was cool because it was like, I always say it's like if Brooklyn slept with New Jersey or vice versa and like it would pop out Staten Island. Like it had sort of city elements but sort of suburban elements. So it was kind of fun because you would be like, you know, you would take, for example, like the, um, like a city bus to school, but you could go to camp and there was actually like, places like a mm -hmm. good sized areas like wooded areas for you to like do stuff in would you go into the city a lot growing up not a ton you know i know we went to like stuff like thanksgiving day parade and stuff or like 
you know, maybe a special event like a show or like a Knicks game or something. But I think more when I got older, like when you're a teenager, you kind of had the option because we were, it was pretty easy. We lived, there's like one train line through Staten Island. And it's only on one side of the island. We lived by that. Uh, and we also lived right by the bridge to New Jersey. So like when you were growing up, you really had the option to do either one. So if there was a concert coming through, you could really choose, do I want to drive out to Jersey or kind of go into the city? Yeah, that's really interesting for me because like I grew up in the suburbs of Phoenix and it's never like you would go into Phoenix to do something. Um, just because, I don't know, Phoenix is so spread out and it's it's just like a completely different experience. And especially like Gabby, like you growing up in Manhattan, I just can't imagine yeah. that experience. What is Phoenix like then? Like, is there any sort of city center in it? Is it more like a town? So, I mean, there is definitely like a downtown and Phoenix is like the fifth largest city in the country. So I, I was in Phoenix last week. Wait, really? No What's way. That for real, yeah. Why didn't you tell me that? I don't know. <laughs> it was for work, so it wasn't very uh-huh. exciting. I went to Talking Stick Casino okay. one night. I've been there. But it was kind of like, I had to fly out at like six in the morning, Eastern, like it's a long flight yeah. you know and like i was up for like eight hours before i got to like a work conference and then by the time like it was like a very long day and then friday i had to leave the conference go straight to the airport and fly for like hours on end so i didn't spend a lot of time like in phoenix yeah well i don't know it's kind of interesting because there's like a downtown phoenix but then like the city of phoenix itself isn't actually that huge but it just kind of like slowly expands into like this giant amorphous blob of a metro area are you familiar with los angeles uh, i think so because it's kind of similar like there's Can you like, explain it to it's me. a city in california yeah okay. so los angeles is the second largest city in the country it right. is the headquarters of california i'm gonna have to google this later i'm really um, not sure about it but it's kind of similar like there's a cent- a city center and then it kind of spreads out from there uh, but like we grew up in like a very traditional suburb like it was a, a bunch of blocks and like a grid system with like a park down the street and we went to chain movie theaters and ate at Olive Garden. And I mean, I guess that's kind of like what most people child, most people's childhoods are like. But I feel like when you're growing up in the city, it's a lot, little more refined. We, I think I did eat in an Olive Garden when I was little at one point. Um, I don't know, sometimes it, it was really amazing growing up in the city. But there were times I like visited my friends in the suburbs as a teenager and kind of it was it was super interesting to me because like I remember the first time realizing that a delivery guy like you didn't have to meet them anywhere they would just <laughs> like drive up to your driveway yeah um, I don't know stuff like that like I was like are they gonna call us when they're downstairs my friend was like no we're gonna see a car through the window drive up everything seems like smaller and more insular and I'm sure you guys know other people from New York City, and all of us have similar amounts of like anxiety and uh, neuroticism, and I think that's probably because we grow up in this sort of fast-paced environment. That, that said, I mean, again, it was super awesome. I wouldn't have wanted to grow up anywhere else. That's interesting. So when I, when I first moved out here, I was looking for an apartment, and I'd never gone to an apartment that had a buzzer before. And oh, yeah. so like the guy's like, okay, just like buzz, and I'll let you up. And so I... I 
figured out what button to hit and I hit it and like the door started like shaking and making that noise and I kind of just like took a step back because I didn't know what It's was alive! Happening. And then I like called him and I was like I don't know what to do and he's like I just buzzed you and I'm like I don't know please You're call. like what's buzz? Yeah. I was like I just want to get in. I think I, I, there's probably like good pros and cons of each. Like I always thought it'd be really cool to grow up in the city and you know you meet people now that have kids in the city and it just seems like they get a, like a really cool experience that no one else has. And there's something for me to be drawn to, like that you could have something that not a lot of people get, like something. I was talking to someone, they're like, oh yeah, we like took our kids to like the Museum of Natural History and like they did a sleepover thing there. And I was like, what? Like I did a sleepover in this gymnasium, like on the hard floor. And it was like, that sounds so much cooler. Like a place that people from all over the world come to or move to was kind of like your backyard almost yeah um i mean yes i did go to the museum of natural history a lot as a kid and it was really fun but i also did have those sleepovers at camp like on the gymnasium floor and i found that to be equally fun Mm -hmm. um i i guess because when you're a kid you're not seeing things in context like when I was a kid I wasn't thinking oh wow we're in this sprawling metropolis and isn't it crazy that we can take the train to all of these different restaurants and museums like it just was happening and so every experience um, was super interesting to me in its own way even the things that every kid has done versus the kids that only kids who grew up where I grew up have done Every, this, you know what I mean? this sounds like they have a Facebook group, like only kids who grew up in Manhattan will understand. <laughs> there's definitely there's definitely something to that, though. Um, I find it super interesting. Yeah. I, I don't know. I guess I'm sort of in the middle, but I definitely lean Nick way more towards your childhood. I would assume, you know, just with small elements of yours. But yeah, I, you know what it's like when you travel the country too. Like I, I almost don't like I don't even view Los Angeles as a city. I'm like a city is like it's all clumped together. Mm-hmm. Like the only city I've really ever been to that I really equated to be closer to, to New York is maybe Chicago, where it feels like a lot of stuff are in the same place. But even that it starts to get really sprawled out. And I, that's one of the coolest things about New York to me is I think about it. Like most cities in the country is, is lucky to have a ten block radius of what we have. We have hundred, well, over a hundred, you know. And then I think about something like, I've never been to Japan, but I imagine it's sort of, like, from the pictures I see, it's like Times Square all the time. But then, obviously, no place is really like that. And also, that's like a very one specific location in Japan. It's the, it's when you Google Japan. <laughs> no, <laughs> but I, I would the love. the image button. <laughs> I, see, I always imagine, like, a Tokyo is, is probably a very close equivalent to New York City. Just from like seeing pictures, I know the picture you're talking about is that big square crossing. Of course, um, everyone's Googled Japan once and been like, "Oh, I want to go there so badly," yeah. and like click the image link. Yeah, but but I but I'm pretty sure it, it, it's a closer to like a, a really clustered. I mean, their hotels they just have pods if you want to say it. So it's like an extreme New York. Well, I hear, yeah, I hear it's basically just like a cleaner version of New York. Like it's like if New York, if everything was clean and worked. Yeah, I I complained about New York and like, you know, full disclosure, Gabby and I had some delays on our trains. Yeah. That being said, I I think sometimes we take for granted all the infrastructure we do have that the city of like, how many people live in Manhattan, on Manhattan, not even the boroughs, six million people? 
Yeah. We, we're not going to Google it. Uh, if you're listening let's at just home, say, you let, can Google let's it. Let's just say four to six, right, that are actually on Manhattan. Four to six million people live in a not very big radius, and we can get anywhere fairly quickly and go see a million different things. And, like, our water is the cleanest water, and our trash gets picked up. And, like, just think about running New York City as, like, running a state in itself. Yeah. The other thing, too, is that – so for a while, I – lived really close to work so I could just walk and I stopped taking the train for like I mean I'd take it here and there piecemeal but I wasn't taking it regularly now I'm taking it regularly but all of my friends would complain they'd be like oh the trains are delayed all the time I can never get on a train and now that I'm taking a train I realize like no matter how crowded the train is you can get on a train you have to use well every... you're 100 pounds of muscle yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well that's true I mean, duh, but I, I probably can't get on a train because they'd like bump into me and like it would really hurt. You know what's interesting? So I, um, I mostly walk and back, walk back and forth from work. Um, like if it's raining, like hell no, I'm not not doing that walk. But maybe that's why I'm so apologetic to the uh, to the MTA because I'll I'll generally I, I'm really anal about getting to places early, so I'll leave. Like I left very early to get here like unnecessarily early. Um, but it accounted for train delays. I, it took me three places, believe it or not, to find a, a combo of spoon and bowl. Um, and like I was on the phone with my grandma for like 15 minutes and so I got here on time. Yeah. So, but I, but I also feel like in the morning when I'm running to work, I, I would probably be late a lot <laughs> if I had to take the train always. You do account for things when you take the train. I guess the point I was getting at is that I feel like there are people who have moved to New York who have this expectation that everything in New York will work exactly how they imagined it to work when they came from Connecticut to pursue their dreams. Mm -hmm. But, like, you know, you have to account for things. You have to account for delays. I guess what I'm saying is there's, like, this privilege and this expectation that when people come to New York, it will cater to them and kind of cater to their every whim. Absolutely. And it it just won't like there is a there is a culture here the same way there's a culture in like any other you know country or like if there's probably culture in Phoenix Arizona like there's a way that people are and I think people consider that rudeness and it's it's frankly not it's more rude to just stand on a sidewalk like getting bumped into by people and assume it's everyone else's fault when in fact you're the one who's the impediment to the culture. Wow. I love I love that. I think that's true though, like especially with uh like with the rudeness aspect, because I think what a lot of people take as rudeness is literally people just trying to get where they're trying to go. Because we think about like in other cities where everyone is driving everywhere, like you wouldn't just like stop your car on the side like just well, to, like look around. If you think about it, like when there's traffic in places, people act just as rude as they do when people are stopping in the middle of the street in New York. And I think New Yorkers Look, and I think this might sound cocky, I guess, but like, but it makes sense in my head because New Yorkers, you have a lot of people that move to New York, right? Uh, I don't know this factually, but I have, I'm assuming a lot of the people that move to New York, if you're willing to like pack your bags and leave your hometown, you're probably hardworking and you're probably ambitious. So you have a city full of a lot of people who are hardworking, ambitious, very busy, and they are just focused on getting from A to B. I don't because New York also has some of the nicest people in the world. We're one of the most 
like open, genuinely caring cities for a lot of things, just not when we have to get to work. Yeah, and I think that people, especially people who aren't from here, mistake what mistake like that coldness during transit as rudeness when it's really not. It's just people trying to get where they're going. It's hilarious to me that some girl who like got up at you know 10 a.m. thinks that when I'm trying to like you know get like to work after I've like had my 30 minute like coffee break and I bump into her. She thinks that that's all of New York being rude to her. Like, that's absurd to me. <laughs> well, New York is kind of a character in itself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously embodied by me. No, but <laughs> like, I, I don't know. It just, it, it, it drives me, it drives me a little nutty because I think people see the city as sort of a blank canvas that they can paint themselves into. And it's like you said, Paul, like you really do have to work a little to... And, and use your ambition to paint yourself into this place. I mean, Nick, you've done it. Like, you know. Yeah. You painted was, the town blue? Red? I painted Green? it something, you know. I think the painting's still in progress. <laughs> okay. But it definitely was, like, moving here. Like, my sister had moved here a few months before me. So, like, I definitely had some family here. And my dad's from here. So, there was definitely, like, a little bit of comfort. But it was also, like, I remember my first day walking to work in Midtown. And everyone just started jaywalking. And I was like freaking out. I was like, I like, what is happening? Like, is this gonna happen all the time where people just start <laughs> start walking when the light is red? Imagine it was just one time. Everyone just <laughs> one just, day. It's like, oh, it's his first day here. Let's confuse him. <laughs> they just think, you know what though? They probably smelled it on you a bit. They're like, oh, yeah. this guy's definitely new. <laughs> Let's fuck with him by going into traffic. Um, it's probably an unconscious. Like, I don't think people really thought that, but unconsciously, they, they were probably like, who's this guy? Why is he stopping? Why is he moving? But they, that all happened in like a point oh oh one seconds in 30 people's heads at the same time. Yeah, I remember it was like 35th and 7th, and I'm like standing like a foot away from the end of the sidewalk, like patiently waiting, and everyone just walks in front of me and starts <laughs> like just walking through the street. And I'm like, did I miss a memo or something? Like, But I don't know. You, you get used to it, and... Um, you know, now I go home to Phoenix and I'll be like walking and people are like standing there and I'll be like, well, are you kidding me right now? Like, <laughs> I don't know. You definitely like you, you kind of change very quickly your attitude towards things and you really do adapt to new places. Um, but yeah, it's definitely different. Like to me, I think I love like the longer I live physically in Manhattan, the more I'm like, I don't know how I could leave um, because I don't really care about space. Right. I, I hate cars. So I, I hate driving, I hate cars, um, and I love convenience. And New mm. York is the most convenient place to live. And even even little things like, you know, it's like late at night and you're like, oh man, like I need milk. And you're like, there are five places within two minute walk where I can get this. Where if you lived in another place, like this is a ordeal to go get something. What I like about Brooklyn is that like that convenience factor is multiplied, but in like a very like turn on its head way where one bodega will just have all of the weirdest items that you don't need, but might. I think my first night in my new apartment, I bought like a, like a shitty iPhone charger at a bodega. And then the next night I bought like this one specific kind of trash bag at that <laughs> bodega. And then the next night I looked for like, like olive oil and they didn't have it 
And I was like, <laughs> why wouldn't this one place just have everything? You have to think like these places, like what happens at these bodegas is like someone comes in and asks if they have something and the bodega says no and they immediately put it on a list and just like buy like a hundred of them. And so then just like for the next like dozens of years, they have these very obscure items because one person asked for them. It, <laughs> they probably really do that. I know. Yeah. yeah. This is and, not well, and, and I think they also like some bodegas will carry very specific, like almost like like you said they'll carry like olive oil, like very cooking type materials. Some will have like a whole pet aisle. Like I think it's they probably just shapes to their neighborhood. Yeah, because those stores like have I cannot imagine they run a, a high profit margin, so they really have to be nailing it to be hitting rent. And and, and these places are always there. Yeah, like, it's the same. You don't see them change owners. Like now that I've lived in my neighborhood for five and a half years and it, I kind of like it like it feels like a neighborhood like I have the same barber I have the same cleaners like it's the same couple bodega like you know everybody mm -hmm. they really are kind of like the central point in the neighborhood oh yeah I mean, they're well they're always open yeah and they always they always have random stuff you need they're the MVPs although and although, they always have cereal Although, two of them did not have bowls and spoons. Yeah, that's very upsetting. I had to go to the... But I'm sure you asked, and then they stopped it's it. It's on their list. Well one, well, one was a bodega. One was a CVS. But oh, they, they don't give a shit. A CVS is just a big bodega. No, but check it out. Both had bowls, but neither had spoons. So I, I kind of wanted to... like I'd love to support like a nice bodega, but... I'm like, I'm not going to buy bowls and then go somewhere else to buy spoons. It does sound like a great fortune cookie. Both have bowls, but <laughs> neither have spoons. <laughs> so I had to go to the food emporium and, uh, you know, it happened. Hey, but you left early. You got everything we needed. And Life is a bowl with no spoon. Yeah, but lots of uh, milk, soy milk and fat-free milk in cinnamon, mm. which is, by the way, it's great. Yeah. Uh, as a reminder, I gave it seven and a half out of ten. I gave it eight and a half Gave it a ten, but it's but it's hard because it's like I have nothing to judge it against now, so my <laughs> scores may change as we go. Yeah. Is it like this podcast wiped your memory of all other cereals? You know, I don't I don't eat cereal that often anymore. You know, I think I haven't really ate cereal since I had roommates. I've been living alone for like over five years, and I don't know. I'm not a morning person, so. I get up and leave. <laughs> I do kind of want to go into this with like a blank slate too in terms of our, you know, I don't want to come in with like any preconceived notion of a cereal. I really want to <laughs> What is a cereal? I know. Um, cool. Well, that's, I think that's, that's about all we have time for right now. Um, Gabby, is there anything else you want to add before we sign off? Do you have any words of wisdom for yeah. us? Snapple facts? Um, they're not all true, but you, you'll never know which one. And also, thank you for having me. <laughs> thank you for joining us and for sharing your cinnamon toast crunch with us. This was so fun. It was it was really delicious. Like I was. It was it was too good. Yeah, you can like, have the rest of the box yeah. if you want it. You guys. You can cut it? out those pictures of Slurp and. No, I'll keep him. What's the other guy's name? Cinemonster. Cinemonster's <laughs> word jumble. That's his uh, <laughs> game. <laughs> Slurp has a maze. It's his tongue. We didn't even address the other elephant in the room, which is like the cartoon below them, which I think all of us were too overwhelmed by to yeah, address. Yeah, it kind of weirds me out, actually. I, I don't want to... <laughs> Something <laughs> bad is happening there. there. <laughs> There's one for the show notes. Yeah, we'll put that one in along with the Danny Tanner and the image of Gabby <laughs> if we figure out what show notes are. 
<laughs> All right, cool. Well, thanks so much, uh, everyone, for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Serial Thrillers. And oh, I was gonna say, and we are, and then at the, the same time, ready? And we are the, the Serial, Serial Thrillers. Thrillers. We did it. Woo!